Hi, Yuli. It's Jackie. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so very much for joining us on the podcast here. I am really excited to be here. So I'm going to put your uh, LinkedIn link um, in the description for the podcast. Uh, but why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Perfect. Hi. Um, so my name is Jackie Perez, and I am from San Antonio, Texas, um, but grew up all over the country because I come from a military family. I'm third generation Navy. My grandfather served in World War II, and my dad was a career Navy officer with 32 years. So I, <laughs> I grew up with the lifestyle of moving around, um, but I never saw myself joining the Navy or doing anything, um, anything like what my parents had done. Mm -hmm. But it turned out that I did exactly <laughs> what they did as careers. I uh, was really into science and engineering um, while I was in middle school and high school and pretty much had this dream of going to MIT ever since eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So uh, I studied really hard. I always wanted to do something in that world, but wasn't exactly sure what. So when I was in high school, I was applying to a lot of different scholarships and started talking to a recruiter about Navy scholarships, um, in particular NROTC, um, off the advice of my parents. I had no idea about these programs and uh, decided to apply for the scholarship and sign up for it because I at that point as a senior in high school, didn't know what I wanted to do after college. I didn't know what I wanted mm -hmm. to quote unquote be when I grew up. And yep. I saw the Navy as not only a way to pay for school, MIT in particular, which is, was my dream school and very expensive, um, but it would allow me to travel and see the world, which is what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't mm -hmm. want to work um, kind of like in a cubicle office, crunching numbers. Um, so I knew I'd be working with people and I would get leadership experience, job security, and then I either would love my job and stay in the Navy, uh, or I would spend those five, four year, four or five years, um, doing something different, learning something new and figuring mm -hmm. out what that thing was that I wanted to do with my life after. So I went to MIT um, I commissioned. As, and that's where, and that's where we you met. and I met. Yep, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, and uh, after that, I did my first tour as the electronic warfare officer on a cruiser, the USS Chosen, in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. So I was like 21, living in Hawaii. <laughs> I loved my life. The dream. <laughs> it was a that dream. is exactly. the dream. <laughs> <laughs> and, and after that, um, uh, and then that's where I wasn't doing engineering. Like I, I had signed up as a nuclear engineer to do, or to do a nuclear engineering program. Um, but the first tour was all kind of like, you know, my crash course and naval leadership, learning how to be a naval officer. And really, I during those two years, oh, I, that's I, I right, had no idea like what I was doing. <laughs> you were going to be a service uh, nuke war officer, but you had to go and do Correct. a convention. You had to do a tour on a convention. Exactly. So we're for some, for, yeah, for, right. So for some reasons you go to school first and go right into your nu nuclear right. power tour. And for us, we right. did a um, non-nuclear ship first. 
And Got so it. I was doing a lot of stuff that I really wasn't that interested because it wasn't science or engineering based. Um, and then after that, I spent a year in Charleston, South Carolina, where I went to nuclear power school. And that's where I really started thriving and mm. loving what I did. And then went to two years on an aircraft carrier, the, the Harry S. Truman, where I was the reactor controls division officer. Um, had okay. 30 people that worked for me in the propulsion plant, 60 people in my division. And it, well, I love the, the science and engineering and the practical applica applications of everything I had learned in high school mm -hmm. and chemistry and throughout mm -hmm. MIT. It was a very stressful time. Um, just because nuclear power is stressful, I'm sure you <laughs> can relate. <laughs> we were in the shipyard. To say the least. We, yeah, we went through a Type 2 install. So, um, Sorry, what's the Type so 2 install? So Type 2 install, uh, we were upgrading pretty much all our reactor uh, safety instrumentation. Okay. Um, we went from old kind of digital displays to like L Gucci yep. LCD monitors mm -hmm. in the plant. And so after, it was during that tour where I realized I didn't want to continue a career full-time in the Navy active duty um, mm -hmm. because, in part, I wasn't going to be able to con continuously guarantee I was going to be doing something science and engineering based. So right. uh, I decided, you know what, I want to try something different. And um, a lot of my friends were getting out and going to get their MBAs, actually of the kind of 10 people from my ship that I knew over the course of two years who did get out, eight out of 10 of them went and got their MBAs. Mm -hmm. One ended up going and working for Procter and Gamble in one of their um, manufacturing plants. And then I was the only one who did something totally different <laughs> and moved to Hollywood to work in entertainment. Um, as you do. As I do. I mean... As I still do four years later. <laughs> <laughs> and this so is kind of funny. We, we have a bit of a parallel because I, in high school, I went to a performing arts high school um, in New that. York. Yeah. And <laughs> um, every, 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 no one that graduates from that school tends to be like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go into the Navy and do, you know, submarines and things like that. So we both have these very wide yes. changes. Like if we're going to change... We're going to change. Right. It's not going to be a small. It's going to be a one eighty. Like we're going to put that rudder all yep. the way over and see where we wind up. But for me, it, it wasn't. I guess it wasn't a totally like new idea because I grew up loving movies. They were always my escape. I read voraciously. I would watch everything, um, and in particular, I loved horror movies. Um, and so that that was something that's always been part of my life i just never mm -hmm. realized until i was in uh, at mit actually that like oh people do this for a career and they get paid to do this <laughs> mm -hmm. and by then i i hadn't really ever thought of like going to film school um and what i saw at mit and then the navy as i'm like oh this is a great kind of um, fallback, <laughs> fallback plan <laughs> mm -hmm. is what I came to look mm -hmm. at it as. I mean, I, I, mm -hmm. I saw myself very marketable um, with an MIT degree. I did love science and engineering. I could totally um, see myself doing that uh, if I needed mm -hmm. to. I enjoy it, but my passion mm -hmm. really lied in film. And while I was in, at MIT, I, I made a couple of short films for fun. Um, mm. And in the Navy, I really didn't have time to do that. But right. by the time I got out, I told myself, you know what, I'm going to give myself two years um, 
and worked in entertainment, see if I like it. I had, I didn't even know if I would or not um, see what it was about, all about, because I I didn't know anybody um, who was doing that type of work. And then by the end of those two years, I would either love it and stay, or I would go back into an engineering job. Now talk about that. Like that's, that's phenomenal, right? Like, you know, no one here or in that space. So how do you go from, yes. all right, this is something I want to do. <laughs> I don't know anyone that's doing it. Uh-huh. I'm just going to show up and start. How, do, how talk, talk through that a bit. Sure. So I, I, did, I started asking anybody and everybody if they knew anybody mm-hmm. in Los Angeles or who worked in entertainment. And it turned mm-hmm. out that um, the entertainment world is very small, just like the Navy world. And mm-hmm. I started finding people who did have some type of six degrees of Kevin Bacon separation <laughs> to mm-hmm. entertainment. Mm-hmm. So on my, nuke, on my nuke tour on the Truman, um, one of my bosses, he had been the liaison on board his ship um, when they were filming Captain Phillips on board. Mm-hmm. And he's actually in the movie as the TAO. So he was said, oh, my gosh, they filmed Captain Phillips on my ship. And I know the producer because I would liaison with him all the time for the filming stuff, Dana Brunetti, who worked for Trigger Street Films and made the movie. He was Kevin Spacey's producing partner. So he put me in touch with him on email and reached out. I got some advice from him and it was very um, kind of like, good luck. <laughs> he gave it to me. Just straight. quickly, what, yeah. is, what is the TAO? Just so, oh, the, um, don't so the tactical action officer. So he worked in combat, um, kind of fighting the ship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, that was one, um, one way I was able to reach out to Hollywood. And then through actually my dad's retirement ceremony, this just shows you can meet somebody from a place you would never expect. Uh, I met a man who had worked for him and his sister was living in Los Angeles and working for a vice president of development at ABC um, in their drama programming department for television. Mm -hmm. So he put me in touch with his sister. I had a phone call with her while I was living in Norfolk, Virginia, just to ask her some questions because this is the way I went about it. I would, I would meet somebody and then ask them for their time um, yep. for advice. Um, yep. And at that time, I, I still had a couple of months left on my ship, and I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to make the leap to Los Angeles or mm-hmm. stay um, in Florida where I went to high school in Jacksonville where I knew there was like a film festival and there were films, a couple of movies there, kind of mm-hmm. get my feet wet and make some smaller connections before taking the leap to something as big as LA and, and something as foreign and unfamiliar as Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. I got her advice and it was pretty much, if you want to work in entertainment, then you need to be in Los Angeles. So right. for me, that sealed the deal. And I made the decision that night that I was going to make the move once I, I got out of active duty. Um, so from then on, I started trying to set myself up as much as possible to be able to jump into a new career as soon as I got out to Los Angeles. Was there, I mean, was, 
was did MIT have a network in uh, LA that you could tap into? Like so, literally, the mechanics of finding a place to stay when exactly. you're not there. I, how do you go about? How did you go about doing all that? I I had I think at that time I hadn't even really thought about reaching out to MIT. Now I highly recommend using alumni networks for that. Mm-hmm. And I actually mm-hmm. in my um because MIT you can put our information like what we do. Um, what companies we work at, what are careers, and, and literally about six times a year, I get um, a student or a recent graduate who is interested in entertainment who reaches out through me through our alumni network, right. doing the same thing I did. Of, hey, can I um, talk to you over the phone and ask you questions? I'm thinking of moving to L.A. or I'm here, and I'd love your advice, and I'm always happy right. to, to, s- to sit down with them or talk on the phone with them and tell them everything that I have learned over the last four years. Um, mm-hmm. But I hadn't, I hadn't done that. What I was doing was scouring the internet for different online networking groups that I could mm. join while I was still on my ship and joining different email lists um, for jobs in Los Angeles. And I, if that's something we can put in the description, those links to those pages, I'm happy to provide them the resources yeah, that yeah, I use. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I was doing. I was joining Facebook groups and um, starting to kind of net, like ask people through those forums by questions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also at the same time, any job um, just that popped up that was entry level um, mm-hmm. or even internships, because I had done my research of knowing mm. that Hollywood is a very like apprenticeship based program. And no matter yep where you're coming from into it, whether you have an MIT degree like myself or a law degree, or you've been in LA, you know, graduating from UCLA, like everyone starts uh, at the same level. So no degree at all. So, so no, uh, so so no, uh, you have to have for pretty much every job in entertainment. um, You have to have a college degree. Got it. Unless you're working a production job, like on set, but if you want to work at a major company in town, a studio, mm-hmm. a production company, an agency, they require college degrees. Got it. Um, now, there's also a lot of film schools and programs that offer GI Bill and Yellow Ribbon programs, and I, I can you know, kind of talk about some of that as well. Um, but I was sending out my resume to jobs first. And then Mm -hmm. what I learned was that I'm not getting any responses because I have zero entertainment experience. I might have a bachelor's from MIT and five years of experience as an officer in the nuclear Navy, but in entertainment, no one knows what that means, nor do they care. (laughs) And that's exactly, you're you're describing Silicon Valley as well. Like, they just don't care. Yeah. (laughs) If you you didn't go to film school at USC and then why do you want to, why are you, why do you want to come to LA and do this? So I started looking for internships and the internship system in LA is uh, not great because I'd say 90% of them are unpaid. So Mm. the nice thing about the Navy is that I was able to save up money while Mm -hmm. I was serving so that I could Mm -hmm. take that jump because LA is very expensive. And then when you're doing unpaid internships, I did them for three months. I know people Mm -hmm. who have worked more than that unpaid as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Then yeah, that you have to have some money uh, 
to burn because it's it's expensive to live there. So you definitely have to plan before moving out there. Um, once yeah, I, I wanna, did, I want to yeah. highlight that notion of you having a plan. I mean, it, it's clear that you were a great performer while you were in the military. You did what you needed to do, but there was nothing wrong with you keeping in the back of your mind what your plan B is and what your options are. Yes. Right. And I, I, one of the things that needs to get changed in the military to improve these reintegration processes that there's this notion that you're a bad warrior if you're giving any thought to your subsequent reintegration. And that's just nonsense because all you're doing is putting people in a situation where they don't have sufficient time to work through all of these issues that they're going to have to do in order to have a successful reintegration. Exactly. So I'm certainly not encouraging people to let their duties while they're in the military fall. I am simply saying, think about this stuff when you're home, on your drive home, or whatever additional time you have. You make time for PT, you make time you know, to go home and hug your family, you make time to go to medical, make time to think about what you're going to do when you get out because it's not going to be nearly as easy as anyone is assuming. You are so right. And I think um, we're actually doing our, our prepping for ORS, which is an operational reactor safeguards exam, which is a huge exam that <laughs> nuclear power ships have to go through. Yep. And um, even while like we were in preps for that on my free time, I was in our little computer lab sending out my resume. Like yep. as much, I think I sent out about 200 resumes for like internships and jobs. And I got three responses. <laughs> <laughs> and those were the people who were interested. They were like, Oh my gosh, like MIT and the Navy. Like, okay. Um, you've, you've caught my interest now. Uh, tell me more. And the issue was my timing. I mm. was leaving in June from Norfolk and the way internships work in Los Angeles as they go by um, school semester system. So mm -hmm. they already want their interns in place, ready to start um, at the beginning of June, going through the summertime. And then they have their fall class and their spring class because honestly, most of the internships are supposed to be for students. And that's how they did around the paid unpaid. Um, mm. They say it's for credit, quote unquote. Now mm -hmm. as a veteran, uh, you know, if, if you have that conversation with the company, I'm not a student, I'm a veteran, I'm coming out here. Um, a lot of times it's okay, just sign this piece of paper saying you're getting credit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As long as you're willing to not work for pay. Yeah. Um, the good thing, the, the really awesome thing that uh, actually uh, is just starting and was just announced um, two days ago is an organization that I volunteer with called veterans and media and entertainment just created a veteran fellowship program that's working with companies like warner brothers and hbo and even um Ticketmaster to have veteran internships at these companies and we're trying to place 40 this fall or coming this spring i guess it's almost the end of fall this spring do so, they have to be out of the military already or can they start? They can, they can start applying. They can start applying while they're still in because it's going to be a rolling process throughout the year. Some of, okay. the intern, some of these internships, you have to be a student, whether that's undergrad or graduate programs. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a few where you do not have to be a student because we've had that conversation with companies of, hey, we're coming out of service. A lot of us have maybe already been to school. Um, 
and it's kind of a blessing and a curse. We have all this experience that makes us stand out from our military service and leadership that we've been through, but we're kind of starting behind the curve of all our you know, 21 year old peers that are right. <laughs> also just starting out in the entertainment industry. Right. Um, so we have to kind of jump in there and, and the hiring managers in entertainment have to understand that. Yeah. And give us yep. that opportunity. The, uh, just, I, so I don't think you know, but I was a classically trained first tenor, right? What? And so like when you I'm learning say... all these new things about you. <laughs> <laughs> See, had you actually been stationed on a submarine with me and gone to karaoke, you then would have found that out. <laughs> but when you talk about the arts, are you talking about film and those sorts of things? Or are you talking, okay, yeah, you can go into, you know, all it's different types of arts. So all different types. It's amazing um, how encompassing it is. You not only have film where even dialing down into that screenwriting, directing, producing mm. special effects, editing, cinematography. Um, but music gaming is huge right now. Really? Yes. Gaming is blowing up. Um, not only for the programming and tech side, but also like the visual effects, um, the art rendering, the writing. Mm -hmm. um, there's, jobs that are so that support the creative side of entertainment so we have right. managers agents studios development legal um accounting like all these things that you that <laughs> have to help you know make this help the machine run right. um sports uh so there there's a really wide breadth of things that you can do within the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. And moving out here to LA, I wasn't sure which one of those things I wanted to do. Right. I didn't know the difference between an agency and a management company. And those are the things that I learned during my internships. I was able to ask all those questions. I was able to read books. Like I would highly recommend the mail room, which um, kind of gives a perspective of the lifestyle and kind of has a lot of that or explains a lot of that entertainment jargon um mm -hmm. and while i was here for my first two years and taking those introductory jobs and asking all those questions i was figuring out what specific part of the industry i wanted to focus on and mm -hmm. build a career in planning and what was that <laughs> planning as you say so i ended up um really falling in love with screenwriting mm -hmm. i after my unpaid internships which I did two of them um, concurrently. I would work two days a week at one company and two days a week at the other. And then, oh, I, wow. and then I gave myself um, a three-day weekend. But, you know, you, can, you, you don't have to do unpaid internships um, full-time. You can take an internship for two days and then work a normal job for the other days of the mm. week mm -hmm. as a way to have some funds coming in. Um, mm -hmm. Or you can be really lucky and just get a paid job or paid internships right out of the gate. Right. Um, so after those, uh, I, I really had to make myself stand out in those positions. Um, even though yeah, I was running to get coffee, I was, you know, taking out the trash. You have to be really humble. Mm -hmm. Um, I was asking a ton of questions and what makes a veteran, I think, stand out 
in internships is that you're surrounded by other college students who are kind of also still like figuring out what they want to do and have other time in school left. So right. if you can you really say, you know, this is, I'm out here to make this a career. Um, people are extremely willing to help. Right. So if they know what you want, then they know how they might be able to help you. Yep. So, but you have to, you have to make yourself, um, you have to make them want to help you by working hard and putting in your own research and work to get what you want as well. So I knew that talent agencies, which they represent actors and writers and directors and they kind of like they negotiate those clients' salaries and get mm-hmm. them jobs. Talent agencies are a really great way to start out in the industry because mm. it's a large company, so you make a lot of friends and connections right off right. the bat. Um, all the information around town funnels through them, so you get yep. it's kind of like a crash course in the industry. They they call it like the grad school of entertainment. Mm. So it's a great place to start. And the bosses that I had. And one of my internships had started their careers that route. They started as assistants and worked their way up. And now they own their own company with 40 clients. Mm-hmm. So they had suggested that to me because, again, I was asking them for advice. Like, what should I do? What are some suggestions of places I should go next? And they referred me. They sent my resume to their agent friends. And out of five references, I got two interviews. And of those two, I got an, a job offer. And it was not only that personal reference that helped with that job offer, but it was also this Veterans and Media Entertainment group as well, because I had an online profile and all members get one Mm -hmm. and hiring managers go through those profiles and and they're searching for candidates. And if you, what what I had done is I put on there, like, I want an executive assistant um, position at a talent agency. And there happened to have been, a talent agency hiring manager going through profiles looking for someone like me. Mm. So it was kind of a twofold, perfect timing, <laughs> yeah. lucky situation. Yep. And I went in for an interview and um, they made me an offer. Everyone starts at the same salary pretty much at any of these um, intro or intro level jobs. And I was working for them two weeks later. So it's perfect timing because I wanted to go straight from my internship into a paid job yeah. um, and not into another internship. Yeah. So I spent two years working there and um, the kind of unspoken rule is that if you take a job in Hollywood, you'll be there for about a year, which is a perfect mm-hmm. amount of time to learn the position and, and move on from there. And it's very, uh, I'd say, common to jump around from year to year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I spent two years at Creative Artists Agency, which is one of the biggest um, top agents, talent agencies in Los Angeles. And while I was there, I was learning uh, all, still all about the different career paths and at the same time taking a writing program specifically for veterans through the Writers Guild Foundation. And mm-hmm. that's really what piqued my interest in screenwriting and wanting and wanting to improve upon my foundation because all I had mm-hmm. was that one year program, which met once right. a week. So I decided to get my master's of fine arts in television and screenwriting. I found a program that was low residency, 
So I did 10 days per semester of workshops in Los Angeles with mentors who were all Writers Guild of America, screenwriters, and the rest of the coursework was done online, which allowed me to continue working full-time in the industry because I knew mm-hmm. I still had only been in town for two years. I really didn't have a, a ton of connections and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to learn more about producing. So while I was getting my degree, I started working at a production company called Perfect Storm Entertainment and that's Justin Lin's production company. He directed the latest Star Trek movie Beyond um, oh, really? He did three of the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a really great place to work because he had a, a lot of experience making films. And I worked for two producers at his company. And what I realized working there is not only how producers do their jobs, but doing that and getting my degree made me come to the decision that screenwriting was really the track that I wanted to focus on for my career. So does that, does, does your uh, engineering background, you know, help you with the screenwriting or it does? I think so. I think being not only an engineer, um, a Naval officer, just having an experience that's not so insular as Hollywood and entertainment, just having life, quote unquote life experience in general really yeah. is great for being a creative or a writer um, because it just gives you a different perspective. Right. And people who work in entertainment want that <laughs> different perspective. Yeah. They want those unique voices and different experiences. So it it's, it's, doesn't hurt you at all. Yeah. Um, that was a year ago. I, I decided to leave Perfect Storm because it's hard. I mean, it's hard going – to school full-time, you know, having a lot of homework and having a full-time job. And I'll say that um, most, like, entry-level jobs in Hollywood are 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. And if you're working in – and that's and then you come home and you have to read two scripts that are 90 pages each. Um, So it's long hours and it takes forever to drive anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Town, so <laughs> tack on another hour and a half in the car. Um, and if you're working on the creative side, like in production, if you're working on set, those are 14 hour days on set, not including commuting. So you have to be ready to put in the hours um, and really give it your all. So for me, I, had, I wanted to focus more on school. So I found a job actually back in the Navy because I had stayed in the reserves, which I did a lot of research on it. And for me, moving to Hollywood and not knowing what the job situation was going to be like, again, I was planning for the future. And mm-hmm. the reserves I knew would not only give me some incoming mm-hmm. funds every month, um, for working with for the Navy, my one week in a month, two weeks a year, but also medical benefits, dental benefits, insurance. Um, so I'm glad I've, I did that. And I've stayed in now. I've been in for nine years. Um, and I think I'll stay in for my 20. Mm-hmm. But I was able to find a job in the reserves that was full time. I'm on two year orders right now as the Navy's city outreach officer for the West Coast. So I work with all the recruiting districts from San Diego to Seattle and Denver, 
and I pretty much um, do their STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math outreach. Oh, that's phenomenal. So it's great. I love it because I get to, <laughs> It all works it all, together. I'm Everything right. ties together it so all nice ties for you. Together. I'm out there in the community talking with people, um, yep. exposing them to different Navy opportunities and just STEM opportunities in general, What you know, talking about what I did as an engineer. Um, mm-hmm. I get to travel, and I get a lot more free time to focus on my writing. So I was able right. to finish my final year of my master's strong. I graduated just this past May. And now I am in my last, I guess, couple of months of this job because I just got married about a month ago. (laughs) I saw that. Congratulations. Thank you. And my husband, he is still active duty in the Navy. And his next uh, position is taking us to Bahrain. So we're supposed to be moving over there in May unless I get some big opportunity in Los Angeles that'll keep me there for a couple more months. Um, But the plan is for me to go with him overseas. But having been in Los Angeles now, by the time I leave for five years and having worked at different companies and made those connections and know how the game is played and having that master's under me or just that, whether it's a master's or an undergraduate or pro, you know, certificate or program, just having that foundation in mm-hmm. my craft, I feel comfortable enough to make that move and do something a little different. Um, and you also have the network. Like you have exactly. the network, you know how to stay tapped into the opportunities. You know, it, it's tough to establish those relationships from uh, remote locations, but maintaining them seems to be a lot easier because you have all of these communication tools that that make it easy for you to do. Exactly. And going back to what I said earlier about the woman at ABC who told me you have to live in Los Angeles if you want to work in entertainment. So that's a a yes and a no. Right now, there's a lot of productions that are happening in Atlanta, in Chicago, in New Orleans, especially. So especially with indie film, if you're, if anyone's interested in directing or producing or even screenwriting, I mean, writing you can mm-hmm. do from anywhere. Right. So, um, you don't, I don't think you, you have to live in Los Angeles. I think it's a great idea in order to build that network, um, to get that crash course in entertainment. If it's something you're really interested in moving out here for a year or two, just to kind of get a grasp on the machine of Hollywood. Um, right. But with all the networking online and social media and Facebook, um, you really don't have to be in L.A. to, I guess, quote unquote, like break in or make those like connections within your area of other people who make films or work in the entertainment industry. Um, you know, I know people who are making a movie in Indiana. So mm. people are out there all across the country. We have members um, in the Veterans and Media Entertainment who live in 46 different states and six different countries who are all United States veterans. That's great. That's so great because, yeah, the, the folks that are in the military considering this, they can reach out to those exactly. folks and look at, you know, sort of figure out what their plan B yep. looks like. And, it, and there's not a lot of time wasted on, you know, going down dead ends. Yes. <laughs> it's like, wow, here We're, are the things that I like doing. Here's the smartest way to go down that road. You can be, you can join that group even if you're still active duty. So we have active duty members who are, you know, thinking of getting into entertainment and that's a great place to ask those questions and get information yep. and do your research. We have chapters in Los Angeles, New York, um, DC and Chicago, 
And we're building a new website right now where you'll be able to search by location and dial in to your zip code and see if there's anyone like, in your area who's also part of the group. So it's just great to not only know others in entertainment, but others who share a, an experience of being a veteran and having served as well, um, who are trying to do something that you're doing. And that, that's just... Hey, thanks. Hi. That happens every now and again. Uh, I think that the thing with new technology is that, you know, it's not as smooth as uh, everyone would like. But, yeah, um, it'll all be tied back together. So I, 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 have, I just have one last thing to say. that if, you, if, if anyone is interested in writing for television and right now, if anyone who watches television, it's, it's huge. Um, it is kind of the hottest thing in entertainment uh, there's a lot of different opportunities because there's so many different platforms, whether it's streaming or even companies who want to jump in on creating content. Um, it is kind of breaking wide open right now, especially mm -hmm. with um, digital streaming web, uh, 360 virtual reality. Mm. Um, if you want to work in television, especially writing in television, that is the one area where you really need to be living in LA because although television is filmed all over the country, mm -hmm. the writing is done in Los Angeles. Mm. Yeah, no, what, what would you recommend like in terms of growth? Like you, you mentioned the uh, video gaming and gaming and things like that, like that's growing. Are uh, very strongly, but you know, people that are looking for their career, right? Because like, we're all going to be working until we're in our sixties. So, is is there anything that you know you would encourage people to stay away from that does that isn't experiencing as much growth, and there isn't that much opportunity? And on the other side, you know, what's just going through the roof? Um, you mentioned, like I said, the gaming. You also just talked about television, but um, anything else that you you'd say to take a look at? Um. I wouldn't say uh, to stay away from anything. I, there's, there's always innovation. And um, I think working in a creative career, you're always trying to break the mold and do something new and exciting. So uh, there's just a ton of opportunities everywhere. You know, I, I didn't even think of talking about something like acting or voiceover. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would just say do your research. And even when you're watching a film or TV show, look at the credits mm. and Google those terms, you know, and you might find something that you're interested mm. in doing. So, um, you know, read as many blogs about the entertainment industry, about filmmaking or screenwriting, yep. gaming that you can read as many books, you know, watch as much as you know, we kind of work in the industry and work on our craft, another part of it is consuming the content that's being created. Right. Because you know what the market is. Mm. Um, you know what's hot right now. Yeah. And like you said, what's kind of going out of style. Yeah. So watching television, watching films, playing video games, staying yeah. on top of um, what's, what's new and up and coming is definitely – um, something that everyone does here yeah, from, in LA. From my side, you know, um, I, I remember watching this TED talk and, you know, in, as far as music goes, a lot of uh, folks are concerned about classical music. Um, not a lot of folks are going into it and some are even saying, ah, oh, classical music is dying. I 
am in your camp. I think there's a lot of innovation. I think classical music, there's space for innovation. Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of the problem with classical music is that it's uh, not very approachable. You know, there's just like this almost smugness around um, classical music that is a little off-putting for a lot of people. But I think if you go down the road, sort of like with Neil deGrasse Tyson and Cosmos, right? Like how they, you know, made a lot of the science really personal and easy to access. I think that's something that could absolutely be done with, you know, classical music and understanding how amazing these musicians were. Like if you actually get into some of their life stories and understand what they did in order to compose the music they have that is now, you know, regarded as timeless, Mm-hmm. There's a huge space for folks that are coming from a different generation to say, okay, we, we're not in having to go someplace, sit in a tuxedo for an hour and consume this. We can, you know, bring it to a larger audience and help them to understand how it relates to them. I'm glad you, you brought that up because pivoting a little bit of kind of thinking of new ways of consuming or doing things, you just, whoever, you know, whoever's interested in making something creative you have your iphone you have your you have your you know whatever type of phone you have you can make a movie on that you can you have your computer you can write a script um the resources are there and they're cheap and you have the platforms like youtube or vimeo to put your content out there into the world um and start creating now you don't have to wait until you move to la you don't have to wait till you get out of the service you can start doing that now yeah well, cool. Any final thoughts you'd like to give to, you know, yourself? Like if there was, a, if there was something you could redo that you would do better, um, is there anything like that? Or are you like, no, this is, this is the, the perfect transition for me and I couldn't have imagined doing it better. I, I think I went about it a very smart way. Um, if, if I had known, I guess, leaving, um, if I had known earlier in the Navy that this was exactly what I wanted to do, I would have started earlier researching what type of career I wanted to have. Mm. And it wouldn't have taken me three years to jump into screenwriting. I would have started focusing on that from the very beginning. Mm. And I think that's the one thing I would have changed is uh, figuring that out. Um, by doing my research and by talking to people, but it really took me to the end of my Navy career to figure out that this was what I wanted to do, or maybe something right. I wanted to do. So, right. um, starting in that place, I think I think I went around it um, a smart way. But if you know exactly, like, hey, I want to be a producer, then come out to Los Angeles or start producing something in your hometown mm-hmm. and jump right in. Jackie, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story about your transition from the military into the arts. Um, I'm confident a lot of folks uh, will get their creative juices flowing and say, oh, wow, I can do that. You can. Everyone can do it. People, (laughs) we're out here. We're doing it right now. And you can, too. Um, And thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And we'll be sure to put up uh, some of those links in the description to help uh, people find some resources. Great. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. Bye, Yuli. Bye.